We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week we are going to tackle topics like infidelity, allowing ourselves to leave, how to have sex, what if you were the bad guy in the relationship all along? What if, bitch? What if? <laughs> but before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. Yes, we are not professionals. We uh, didn't study this. We don't have any degrees that remotely resemble a self-help degree. <laughs> is that a degree? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's from an online university <laughs> called Fuck You. <laughs> And anyway, we don't know what we're talking about. No. Um, We're just like here shooting the shit, giving you our humble opinions to hopefully offer you some understanding and maybe some laughs on this incredibly rewarding but very fucking confusing experience. That is love. So welcome to episode 27, Sam. 27. Here we are. Here we are. Please take our advice as you see fit. And by that, I mean like- Take it. Definitely take it. Or stop listening. (laughs) Feisty 27. We just lost half of our listeners because of that. I actually do love, though, that our advice is really flexible, meaning like it's more of a conversation than like, yeah, we rarely tell people to just break up, actually. I know. It's sort of misleading. I know. And a little disappointing to you. I can tell your little (laughs) Slytherin brain is like, chop it. I love people to, I love telling people to end their relationships. Yeah. It's my goal in life. Yeah. Um, but we give them more like a, a blanket of advice. Yes. Like a, like a duvet. I would say it's not even advice at all. (laughs) (laughs) At least two reviews on on (laughs) iTunes would say it's just a, a bunch of talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Anyway, um, how's it going? What's our check-in today? Our check-in, um, actually comes from a listener, uh, whose name is Heartbreak. (laughs) <laughs> what, a, what a coincidence <laughs> right what a quinkadink uh who is writing from nevada 
spit. Did you just do a spit take? Yeah. Okay. And you just said it so funny. Nevada. 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 Yes. Yeah, I just spit my six-hour coconut water back into the bottle. So no. it's, 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 what do you call that? Depreci- depreciation? Oh. <laughs> like in value? Yeah. I would not pay $6 for that. Ever. That, no. It's just so good. I know. Um. Okay. Anyway. Nevada. <laughs> uh, and Heartbreak wants to know our opinion about off and on relationships. Um, growing up, I always saw them in a negative light because a couple breaking up and getting back together multiple times seemed unhealthy and a sign that the relationship is doomed to end in a garbage fire. Consistency is good, right? So is it safe to assume that a relationship that's gone on continuously for three years is healthier or better than one that has been on and off for three years? Or do you think I an on and off relationship could be a sign a couple loves each other but still needs to grow and learn and work out their issues, which is why they keep calling things off and then picking them back up again? I think that's a great question. Yeah. And I'm about to drag it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a great question. But I also think that so many people out there, including myself, <laughs> have stuck with a unhealthy relationship or the idea of a relationship. So we've stuck with the like the potential of a person yeah. for so long because we're like, oh my God, this is real love because real love must be work. We have to work <laughs> for it, uh-huh. you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think on and off relationships. Well, no, let me finish my rant first. Okay. I think a lot of times people stay with someone or, or maybe withstand treatment that they wouldn't normally withstand in a relationship because of like, they're like, Oh, well, I don't want to, we've put in this much work so far, mm-hmm. or I just want to get to that hundred percent. Mm, yep. Like I was in love with somebody for uh, one of my friends for a long time. And I just kept thinking, I keep only getting 30% of him. I'm only getting 30% of him. Maybe on the best days, he gives me 45% effort, but I really healed myself when I recognized that 45% was his 100. Yep. I wasn't going to get any more. Right. And then all of a sudden, that relationship that I was holding out for became something that I didn't want in the first place because mm-hmm. I don't want somebody who gives me their 100% feels like 30%. Absolutely. Like that's not worth it for me. And all yeah. of a sudden, I stopped waiting around. So that was my little rant. Great. But in general, I do think the writer makes a good point about there is a validity to say that sometimes people just meet at the wrong time and they have to work on themselves. So maybe like a, I think I'm okay with on again, off again relationships if it's like on, off, on. Mm. Like I'm okay with one break. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, I think that there's nothing inherently healthier about a consistent relationship. I think that on again, off again relationships are fine as long as they are healthy, right? Where yeah. you are having communication, you aren't, you know, fighting and there's like no, no, no violence. You're like, right. you're all, you're on the same page. You are working together towards a common goal. Like if that is something that is in this relationship, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And there might be a- reasons why you break up and it might be someone's moving or, you know, you're just sort of like not ready to commit at that point. Right. Um, but as long as you are being, like, everyone is consenting and everyone is on the same page and talking to each other. And have the same amount of power in the relationship. Yep. Um, I think you make a really good point and you're, you're kind of like checking me or humbling me. But I think your point is even more 
um, like proven to be true because all of the on again, off again relationships in my life or in my friends' lives are unhealthy. Yeah, right? right. So what you're saying is it is okay if they're healthy. Yep. It's just I don't think I have a lot of examples of healthy on again, off again relationships. That I have them either. Yeah. But I like to intellectualize and theorize about everything. So. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to yeah. having a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I mean, I think you're, you are right that I think that a lot of the reason why on again, often relationships happen is because they are unhealthy. Right. But that doesn't mean that they have to be. Right. I also think I want to like, you know, pull a Sam here and be really mature and intellectual and say maybe people would be healthier if they were okay with on again off. Meaning mm-hmm. like instead of torturing themselves through a time period in which both partners can't give 100%, instead of like, yep. quote unquote, working <clears throat> through that time, just taking time apart and knowing that it's a okay if they if they pursue someone something with someone else like yep. that, that doesn't like taint them in a way, right. you know. And be trusting that you'll get back together in the future, which is really hard. But, like, there is a world in which I think you and I talk about there are healthy ways to let go of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think there are healthy ways to return. Yep. Um, It's just so often in matters of the heart where this knowledge comes afterwards, really. Right. Like, the the knowledge comes after the the poor action or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um. And I think that people also stay in unhealthy relationships for a long period of time because they don't want to break up with someone. Right. And so because they don't want to do the right. They believe in the potential so much that they will sit through the shit. Right. Oh, absolutely. And it might even be healthier for them to take a break and then come back. Right. After the person has been through therapy or like right. Yeah. But that I believe in breaks. I really, actually, truly believe in breaks. Yeah. Because sometimes they change your perspective like hardcore absolutely they make you work differently for each other and sometimes i believe in breaks more than sustaining through you know however i also think again breaks are so often employed um by people who don't want to who just who don't want to break up who want to who want to leave their partner but don't want to go through the breakup yes um and that that's not moving into a break in a way that would be healthy and constructive. Sure. Anyway. I mean, I, it works for Ross and Rachel. So. I was literally just going to make a friend thing <laughs> joke to be like, well, it makes for great TV. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think um, for me, on again, off again, it shows like some there's some level of unhealthiness there. For sure. Right. And you're right that it could be healthy, but so often there's a power dynamic or... Yep. You know, agreed. I mean, I've never seen a healthy one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, ex- like from my experience, they're very unhealthy. Right. But were you ever in an on again, off again thing, or just witnessed it? I don't think. No, I was never in an on and off. I was Mine in like a situation chip. Yeah. That then turned into a relationship, but yeah. Mine were on and off, but like they would have years <laughs> in between them. <laughs> like my on and off yeah. would be like. <laughs> Like four to 12 years between (laughs) for turning. Anyway, (laughs) you scandalous bastard. (laughs) Um, Are you ready to get into some letters? I am. Are you? I don't even know. (laughs) I mean, I actually kind of have to pee, but I'll hold it through four emotionally laborious letters. Not in a bad way, friends. Just like, you know, this is emotional labor. It is. In a good way. Yeah. We're happy to do it. 
Yeah, but but drives to and from the studio, we just sit in silence. <laughs> <laughs> we like do. collecting our emotional energy to do this. Also in the car, I was like, can we get big cats to move closer to us? <laughs> He's such a baby. <laughs> He's such a baby. It's such and a I was long like, drive. Big cats owns this studio. Like <laughs> <laughs> that we <laughs> Yeah. Uh anyway, um, let's get started. The first letter is from Rebecca Price, who's writing to us from San Diego. Rebecca writes, I've been dating my boyfriend for two and a half years, and it's by far the best relationship I've ever been in. We are both 24 years old, so still very young, but we talk about marriage often and as something concrete in our future. We are very respectful to each other, even when we are fighting. We do not curse or name call. We've lived together for about a year and a half, and we live together very well. We are a great team and best friends. However... We have struggled with trust issues. Three different times, my boyfriend has cheated on me and always under, quote, drunken circumstances. But this third time seems like his final strike. I'm a very understanding person, so it's hard for me to be angry with him when I understand as humans, sometimes shit happens. And especially being so young, it seems to me that he just isn't ready to be committed to just one person forever. But he insists this isn't the case. He always blames it on being drunk. So, okay, maybe if he just doesn't drink, we won't have these issues. But number one, I love to drink, LOL. (laughs) So having a life partner that I can't enjoy that with seems meh. But also, will that really fix this issue if it is actually something subconscious in him that makes him do these things when he's drunk? My struggle comes in when our day-to-day life together is wonderful and we love each other very much. So when these things happen, I'm utterly shocked every time. How do I know the difference between a cheater and a human mistake? I know. Thanks, Rebecca, for writing Great question. I know. I right? feel like I'm equipped to answer this. <laughs> well, I, first, I want to say it's it, my instinct, and I think the easiest response is to shit on the cheater, right? Yeah, for sure. But I do want to <clears throat> applaud Rebecca because she's right. Ultimately, she is right yep. that humans are incredibly flawed, and it's relationships are hard, and monogamy yep. can be very difficult, especially when you're young. Yep. Um. And I I just want to applaud Rebecca for this head and heart work that she's doing. Absolutely. But I want to employ her with some empowerment and some positive self-talk to maybe strengthen her resolve against this behavior. Mm -hmm. Because Rebecca, straight up, this is not appropriate. And you guys have been together long enough, and he's done it three times. So this is not a new thing. Right. So I'm going to shit on your boyfriend a little, (laughs) but I just want you to know, A, I respect you and your relationship. Mm -hmm. B, I especially respect your forgiveness and your understanding of it. So so me speaking like uh, in broad strokes about how I think you should hold him to a higher standard. um, I just want you to know that, like, I respect all this and I respect the work you've already done. Um, But so uh, this is all to say, Rebecca. I think that there is somewhere a line um, that you can find, like a middle ground between being a compassionate, understanding person and also allowing him the space to get it, like the consequences to get it right. You know what I mean? Um, I think I I phrased that poorly. It's about like 
having compassion, but also having accountability. Yes. Yes. That they don't, that one doesn't negate the other. Right. You can love and understand him and you can still hold him accountable. Absolutely. Because here's where the shitting on the relationship comes in or not, not relationship on your boyfriend. Um, because I love your relationship, but I, I don't think that this behavior will stop mm. unless something stops it. Like unless yeah. it's the, what's the Albert Einstein quote um, about like a pro I'm going to paraphrase a quote <laughs> by like a famous smart person <laughs> yet again. Uh, um, well, one, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. That's a real results. quote. Or the same result. What I said. Different, different results. You said the same results. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we're on a roll with this episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then and the other one is a different one that he said, but I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember it all. But it's the idea of we um, have to approach a, a problem with a different mindset than the problem itself. Mm. Does that make sense? Like yep. you can't solve a problem with the mindset that that started it. Yep. Okay, so um, <clears throat> totally paraphrased. Definitely not even close to what <laughs> Albert Einstein actually said. <laughs> but um, it's just clear that your compassion and your love and and the good and the quality of your love that you're writing to us that we believe we we know it's possible to have a great love with someone and have problems. Yep. But it's apparent to us that the quality of your good love and your compassion and forgiveness is not enough. To make him stop this behavior. Right. And to be honest, like, it, you're, I think your instincts are correct that it's not just the alcohol. Mm-hmm. I think the alcohol provides the opportunity. But what was in you before the booze or what, what's in you when the booze is there was, is, is in you beforehand. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think that you need to have a... a a uh, real conversation with him about how how much this behavior hurts you and that he's culpable for it even if he was drunk. Yeah. Um and that you know if it happens again that there are going to be some consequences. But let me push back on that a little and say I'm sure she's already had those conversations. I'm sure right. she's already cried and kicked him out of their bed and you know forgiven him and and so she's done this work. Like, what do you do when the third strike happens and passes, you know? Yeah. I think I've kind of been there, Rebecca. Like, I, I have I have had the line that I drew, drew in the sand crossed, yep. and I stuck around afterwards, and I thought, what is even real now? <laughs> like, <laughs> once you cross the line that I draw in the sand, like, how can I even— how do I return to myself now that I, I stayed still, Absolutely. you know? It's just a really, like, reality-altering experience to be cheated on. It, it just makes you not trust your own, like, knowns and things like that. Absolutely. And I think it's stressful, too, that you live together. And, and so leaving him would not only, like, hurt your heart to end a relationship, but it would also, like, it's hard, it's hard to move out. It's hard to, to change your life in such a big way. Absolutely. But I will also say that I think we have a, um, like, we expect a certain reaction from cheating, to yeah. Like, societally. Like, totally, it's like. Totally agree. Oh, he cheated. He's an asshole. Goodbye. Right? right? And it might be something that you're like, you might be in a situation where you're like, yeah, he cheated on me three times. But, like, 
it doesn't really impact me that much and it's not the deal breaker for me. I think like, I want totally to stay right. in this relationship, but you get to decide that. But if you want the behavior to stop, then you do have to draw a line somewhere and you have to stick to it because if you don't, then he's not if there, his actions have absolutely no repercussions, there's no reason for him to change. Totally. I think that's a great summation of how I feel, how we feel of that like it we you're so right when you say like culture expects a reaction from the person who was cheated on, right? Yeah. And and Rebecca, for some people, this just isn't the deal breaker. It's just it, it's not going to be the end of it. Right. But and for some people, it is. Some people, it becomes a deal breaker. So you have to find out within yourself, like what can I, what can I sleep well at night with, established in myself, like. Yep. Are you do you know truly that this is who you want to be with, not just because the time um, that you put in? Yep. Um, Can you find comfort in your trust in him in your future? Does it feel safe? Yep. Because that's a big thing for me with infidelity. It's like all of a sudden your safe space, your partner, your love that is supposed to be the place that you go to return to, to to relax, to be yourself becomes erratic and unsafe and unclear, you know? Yep. And that's difficult. It is. But to go back to what Sam was saying, it, we're not saying just break up, but we're saying you it can't keep going as is. So what's going to give yep. or what's going to change? Um, you're right. Like, let him drink, but establish <clears throat> clear cut boundaries for what is moving forward. Like. Um, he can only drink with you. <laughs> yeah. If he wants to be with you, that sounds like a fucking pretty reasonable thing. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Um, he can, uh, and I, this is where I get like triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say like, he has to text you when he's drinking with his friends or something like that. But like, I hate that the fact, I hate that cheating makes the person who was cheated on the police officer like the accountability yeah, buddy like for sure you shouldn't have to be who makes him a good person no. he should do that work yep absolutely and i totally agree with that and he should want to do that work if he wants to be with you after three times bro like right? get your shit together <laughs> um and so i say i don't i don't think he should text you when you're like i don't think he needs to do that but i you do need to be like if this happens again it's done you're moving out it's you're like we're done here yeah because i think that. You know, I think that the the constant policing might actually make things worse because then it becomes like, what if he accidentally doesn't text you because right. he like forgot or his phone died or something. And suddenly it's like, well, you didn't text me. And now you're I know that you're cheating. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that policing often leads to more Stress issues and around trust yeah. and mm-hmm. anxiety. Right. So but I think you have to be super clear with your expectations. Like if I find out that you Slept with someone else again. Or broke my trust in any way. Right. We're done. Like you're you're moving out. I'm moving out, whatever it looks like, because that's the clear line that you need to draw. Right. Um, to to be able to rebuild that trust. Right. And I also want to say, Rebecca, um, while we believe in your love and the potential of it, right now it's part of it is sick, right? Yep. That And it's okay to be in a relationship with sick love. You just have to treat it like an illness, right? Like you have to, yep. um, you have to be nurturing to it. You have to give it the right medicine, the right resources, you know, yep. the right attention, the right rest yep. to get better. Um, 
so I want to say, well, first I want to say, if you decide between now and whenever that you want to leave him, he doesn't need to cheat on you again in order for you to decide to want to leave him. You can just like internally understand within yourself, you can come to the conclusion right now, no matter how apologetic he is, no matter how sorry he is, you can decide six months after he last cheated on you that you can't do it anymore. So you can leave him at any time. That's true for anyone. You can you can you can leave someone at any time. But more importantly, if you want to stay with him, you have to treat this with the utmost care and attention. Make that ask that man to go to therapy. If yeah. this is an issue, I mean, you're right, you are young, but he's not a child. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he, this is and and I also would say that cheating infidelity is not necessarily a youth or like a young person thing. No, I don't it think is, so. It is a, it is any age thing, right? Yep. And so you can ask him to go see a counselor to talk about these issues because yep. if he wants to be with you, then he's got to work that shit out. Absolutely. Um, there, I would just stress like giving, like taking it as seriously as you can. Yep. I mean, I'm sure you are. Um, we're just trying to like bolster you and empower you to feel like you can draw some of these lines. Absolutely. All right, Rebecca, we hope that helps. Um, yeah, keep us posted. Keep us posted. Is that what I said? Keep us posted. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a new one. It's a form of cheese it slash post it note. <laughs> I love it's that. A, it's a large cracker that you can write a note on. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and then Everyone eat. needs one of those. Posted. <laughs> Our new sponsor. <laughs> a snack that we built ourselves. <laughs> built (laughs) we're just all sorts of fucked up today it's fine but do keep us posted yes thank you rebecca (laughs) for writing we love you good luck thank you all right y'all know that sam and i record every single episode of just break up virtually so i literally see this beautiful person on zoom like multiple times a week and every time sam pops up into zoom i comment on their outfit and i swear like 99 percent of the time i'm like oh my god that outfit is so cute where did you get it sam says quince You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karakal jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Our next letter comes from Simone Ray, who's writing from Texas. Uh, And Simone writes, Dear Sam and Sierra, I've drafted this letter a few times only because I couldn't really find the words to describe my situation and all of the emotions at play. But here I am, having found a way to paint a word picture that hopefully will suffice. I'm 20 years old and have been in a monogamous relationship with my partner for about two years. We recently started living together and it is both of our first times living as independent adults. I won't go into too much detail about the problems we have because there's a bigger dilemma for me. Basically, I found myself wanting to break up with my partner for a handful of reasons. Uneven household responsibilities, meaning I do all the work and have to beg and remind him to clean almost constantly. Lack of effective positive communication. Every time I try and sit down with him and discuss my feelings about our relationship or how I'm feeling or how I feel I'm being treated, he dismisses me or simply does not speak. He thinks there's nothing wrong in our relationship and refuses to acknowledge my concerns. He is also extremely emotionally vacant in our relationship. I try to tell him what I need in terms of love language and communication, but my words always seem to fall on deaf ears. I feel very lonely in his presence, and I'm honestly miserable almost all of the time. I don't want to feel this way or come to resent him. I'd rather us have a good relationship that happened to only last for two years rather than a failed relationship that ends with disdain. I've come to accept that we will not be together forever. However, the larger evil for me is that all my previous relationships have ended with some sort of trauma. The first love of my life died when I was 17 in a car accident, and I miss him terribly. Hmm. I was dating someone else when it happened, and that relationship started with my then-boyfriend sexually assaulting me. Said relationship only ended because he literally moved to another city and basically ghosted me, which was fine with me because I was too scared to end things while he was near me. I identify as pansexual and had an on-again, off-again fling with my best female friend through high school. We are still friends, but our romantic relationship was very toxic and did not end even when we were in other relationships. I no longer have feelings for her because I finally realized she could never reciprocate them. I guess my question is, how do I go about ending a seemingly good, though flawed, relationship that isn't toxic, abusive, or traumatic? 
I mainly feel as though I will regret letting my partner go. I love him dearly and he is my best friend, but I fear I am giving too much of myself away and settling for mediocrity when I feel I deserve more. I'm literally so emotionally exhausted from trying to get him to actively participate in our relationship. However, at the same time, I don't know how to improve our relationship or go about ending it when it's the healthiest relationship I've ever had. I'm afraid I'll be I'll feel guilty for breaking his heart and I honestly don't know if I'll find anyone better because all my previous relationships have ended so disastrously. I'm just not sure how to go about any of it. So any advice you could offer would be greatly appreciated. Much love XX PS my pronouns are she her or they them. Thank you so much for writing. Yeah, I think this is a great letter. It's a great letter particularly because we often move through the world wanting things to be all one thing or all the other. And I talk about that a lot on the podcast. I talk about the duality of life and the multifaceted nature of things and how we are all um, multifaceted people with multiple whole identities within us that we can be um, more than one thing all of the time, right? Yep. And in in the same vein, your relationship, we we often think it has to be a hellhole to leave or it has to be perfect to stay. Mm. And that's just not true. It's, it, it's not applicable. It's not sustainable. It will only lead to unhappiness. Absolutely. <laughs> because then you're always going to be chasing something that isn't possible. Right. So, yeah. I think Sam and I just want to first say, like, it's okay to leave. It is. Period. Yep. Just break up. <laughs> yes. We, we finally, finally got, got to, to say, say it. it. <laughs> Um, it is okay to leave. And just because you have had um, prior traumas, uh, it's like my, yeah, yeah it's like what my mother always told me, which is that it's better than a sharp stick in the eye. <laughs> Whenever I would complain about anything, that would be the response. Um, and so, like, I understand this idea that, like, it could be worse and oh therefore gosh. I don't have the right to complain or end it or whatever it is. But I want to tell you that just because awful things have happened to you and awful things are happening to people everywhere. Right. Doesn't mean that you have to uh, settle for a relationship where you're not happy in it. Yeah. Like, I hope that you heard your dissatisfaction in the letter read back to you Mm -hmm. because my literally first note on this letter is he doesn't sound that great. (laughs) Like you don't sound that happy. And Let me take that back. I'm sure he's a great person, but you two don't sound compatible. You don't sound happy in this relationship. You literally tell us that you feel so heartbreakingly lonely all the time. Absolutely. But this is like, this is an easy choice for us to see from here, from the the tower of our perspective slash privilege (laughs) of being two strangers commenting on other people's personal lives. Right. Right. Um. But it can just be that. It can just be I'm I deserve being happy. I deserve to feel not this in my relationship. Absolutely. And you're right. It's going to be hard. It's hard to breakups are hard. They're always hard. Yep. They're never going to get easier. No, they're not. And I feel like um every like mo- as we move through different relationships, we often think that this is the best that it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not true. And right. and if you are unhappy now, then it's not the best that you are going to get because there are people out there that will m- want to make you happy and will m- do it without making you work so hard. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, just because you are not as unhappy as you could be mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't make the choice to say, 
I don't want this. I want something else that is going to bring me more happiness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it it can it it can be simple, and I say that knowing it never is. <laughs> it is never black and white. Right. But it can be as simple as I deserve to be happier than this. Absolutely. And I'll tell you. Um, I know that you're worried about breaking his heart. And I want to tell you that you probably are going to do that when you break up with him. And like that's, that's okay. the reality, but it's okay to do that. And um, staying in a relationship because you're afraid to hurt the other person is not happy or healthy for you. Right. And it's not healthy, happy or healthy for them either in the long run. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, it is going to be a hard conversation and it's going to be really painful, but it seems to us that this is the right decision for you. And and we know that you can do it in a way that is respectful of him um, and and will, you know, be uncomfortable and sad, but will sort of leave you bet- in a better place in the long run. Totally. Um, I also want to say I'm going to pose one reality out there that you that involves you not breaking up. Ooh. I know. <laughs> What a twist. I know. Do you know the name of the podcast? <laughs> Just maybe go on a break <laughs> is the new is the new podcast title. Um, what I want to suggest is it does sound like he has um, he's you say you're he's your best friend. You do have good, true love for him, mm-hmm. um, but he's just not stepping up. Yep. And he's not um, he's not doing his share of the household chores he's not available for you emotionally he's not being present for these conversations so it sounds like to me he has a maybe he maybe he's predisposed to this mm-hmm. but b like maybe he has leaned too comfortably into the relationship yeah you know like honestly there's there's a point in a relationship where you stop trying yeah and we all know that point it leads to disaster <laughs> <laughs> but this is we talked about breaks earlier. Um, this is where I actually think a break could help because mm-hmm. you could say, I don't right now. I don't know if I want to get back together with you, but I am unhappy. I'd like to take some time apart. And during this time, I want us to reflect on what we would need in order to get back together. Mm, yeah. Um, and the reason why I suggest this is that breaks often le- like they shed a brighter, starker, more terrifying light on the issues that people might be showing apathy to before. Absolutely. It almost, it, it sucks to say this, but it like, it makes them really real <laughs> or really legitimizes the things that you've been telling him. You've been asking him of for these things and he hasn't been giving to the, them to you. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to leave you if you don't figure the shit out. Right. Um, and I, that's why I do where I have believed in breaks before is that it does straighten people out real fast, yeah. you know? So you could do that. Mm-hmm. But Sam and I also just think you could just break up. <laughs> just break up. Like, it's so easy. <laughs> Absolutely, right? It's so simple. I know. They live together. <laughs> We're such dicks. <laughs> Our podcast is such a dick name. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think that a break could be it, but I also just feel like from the from what you yeah, wrote know, to I us, totally like agree. it seems to me like you are 
disinterested in this and that's relationship. Okay. And that's totally fine. That's okay. My sister once told me, like, in high school, she goes, like, in a relationship, when you're done, you're done. Yeah. You know you're done. Yeah. And I've thought about that ever since because mentally I've I've known my line. I've been like, okay, I'm done. I know I am. And I, and I can't go back. My heart can't go back. <laughs> and then it does repeatedly because <laughs> I'm a glutton for torture. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's that wraps up our opinions. Pretty. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing, Simone. Yeah, and also we're sorry. Yeah, this sucks. It does, and I know that we're we've been making light of it, but it is it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that you know that this is the right thing to do. Yep, that's it. All right, we love you. Thank you. All right, up next is a letter from Awkward in Love Ooh. writing I know writing to us from California, Nevada. <laughs> Nevada. Nevada. California. All right, anyway. <laughs> this oh, is we what think happened. we're funny. Yeah. When Sam and I we've recorded two episodes back to back and this is the second episode and we've lost our minds. <laughs> we get punchy. Also like neither of us has eaten anything no, today. I'm, I actually was just sitting here thinking I'm so hungry. I'm practically <laughs> chewing on my coconut oil. I mean, ew, coconut oil, <laughs> coconut water. Okay. Um, yes, professionals giving advice. <laughs> Awkward in love writes, "Hi, first off, I just want to say I really appreciate you too and your podcast." You make talking about the not-so-fun parts of love slash dating slash relationships a lot more enjoyable. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns interchangeably. So my question is, how do I date slash have sexual relationships with uh, to men I'm actually attracted to? Oh. I know. <laughs> I seem to freeze up around men I actually like and come off as very awkward and frigid and distant. On the other hand, around men I don't like romantically or sexually, I'm way more comfortable and can be myself, which is Mr. Understood is flirting, and they make a move on me, which I usually end up just going along with if I find them tolerable. (laughs) How do I end this pattern of lackluster partners and actually be with someone I thoroughly, eagerly, totally want to be with? All right. That's a great question. I know. I feel like cut to 22-year-old Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Actually, that's a great place to start. Um, Awkward in love, it's okay to flounder. I just want to say that. Oh, yeah. And it's okay. um, This is going to sound really weird, but it's okay to use people to get to know yourself. And I don't mean that the way it sounds. Like, don't be a manipulative asshole Sierra at 21. (laughs) You dick. (laughs) Talking to myself. Um, But we... We lo- learn how to love people by loving people. We learn right. how to flirt by flirting with people. And we learn how to put ourselves out there by putting ourselves out there in the terrifying world that is dating. Absolutely. I really relate to this letter because a lot of people I used to, like, have long-term crushes on or, like, I was in love with my best friend for a while. And I, not you. I was like, um, are we going to talk about that? <laughs> He wasn't even my best friend. I just like I had a, a we were I had a really intense friendship with someone when I was younger. Um and he was one of my best friends. Um and so like I talk about it in like shorthand. Yeah. Um and he was one of my closest friends, I should say. And I had feelings for him for a long time and anytime I was around him, um awkward in love, I felt like a bumbling 12-year-old. <laughs> like I just didn't know. I just wanted to be cool so badly. Yeah. Um, And I think for me, and maybe you'll relate to this, um, awkward in love, but 
when I was around him, all of a sudden I was hyper aware of everything. I was aware of my body, my clothing, the way I moved, the things I said, the books I hadn't read, the food that he liked that I didn't like, um, how cool he was and how easy everything looked to him. Like I had him Mm -hmm. on this weird pedestal where I thought he was like just the coolest person I'd ever met. And I just felt so glaringly out of place being around him and at the same time so desperate for his attention and approval that those two things combined made me feel 100% inauthentic all the time. Like when he was around, I just didn't feel like myself. And then I would hang out with my friends and be like, why can't I, why can't I relax around him? And as I got older and started to unpack that more, I really realized that it had to do with me feeling inadequate Mm -hmm. and me putting him on a pedestal that he, pedestal, (laughs) 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 new, (laughs) new new product (laughs) sold on our our website. Uh Um, Anyway, I put him on a pedestal that he didn't deserve. Meaning not that he wasn't a cool, nice person, but that like, he was just fine. Like every human being was like, he, he shit his pants just like everybody else does at one point in their life. Right. Um, so I share all of that to say awkward in love. Maybe first let's reflect on who you find attractive, who you feel mm-hmm. intimidated by and really sit with yourself and say, why do I feel intimidated? Cause it's not just that you like them, right? right. It, it is that, but what does that mean? You, Absolutely. why would you feel like you're, authentic self isn't good enough for them right right? yep so maybe first like unpack the pedestal that you've placed them on absolutely um yeah no i totally did the same thing too where it was like was really into this guy and every time i got in front of him i would like be like a bumbling idiot hey uh. do you like virginia wolf (laughs) (laughs) it's a very accurate impression of me (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) um but I also think, like, sometimes we tend to, like, f- put people on pedestals that we find super attractive, and then um, and then we ignore everyone else around right. us, too. Um, and I don't want to, like, question whether or not you are, um, like, you're not attracted to the people that you are currently talking about. But I also think that, um, like, being comfortable around people is actually a really good thing in a relationship. Right. right? It's, you know, when you are with a person that makes you feel comfortable, that uh, is easy to get along with, like, that's actually something that's good about that person. Right. And you should seek that out in the people you want to be with. Absolutely. You don't want to be in a relationship where you feel like you have to play act at someone that you think is cooler Mm -hmm. than you are. Right. And so, um, like, I think leaning into some of that comfort is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and I think that that's actually where good friendships and good relationships come from right. is sort of being around people and feeling at ease enough that they can see your f- most authentic self and still choose to be there right. with you. Right. Um, and so I think uh, understanding that and and maybe looking away from the person on the pedestal to the huddled masses around you. <laughs> <laughs> the tired and poor huddled masses. <laughs> um, maybe you might find someone there that's like, Cool. Yeah. And I would add, you said the the pedestal of the people you find attractive. I'd also, for me, it had a lot to do with who I thought was cooler than me. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a validation thing for yeah. sure to be like, 
I want that person because if I start dating that person, it proves it to mean? me that I am cool. They, yeah, what will it mean about me that if right. they love me? Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. But like often the people we put on pedestals are just real jackasses. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we're not saying that's 100% true for you, Alfred in Love. Um, but I think that's how we personally relate to your experience of right. freezing up around the people that you're actually attracted to. Um, in terms of... Like, in addition to doing the head and heart work in which you unpack that pedestal, you maybe look around and see who else is there, Mm -hmm. recognize why you have them on a pedestal in the first place. We can give you some advice about approaching people that you're intimidated by. I think my first piece of advice is you have nothing to prove to them. Right. Period. This is a human interaction. You two are going to exchange words, breathe the same air. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, um... Talk about whatever you talk about. You you have nothing to – you don't have to prove to them that you are worthy to be in their presence or worthy to receive their attention. You just got to show up, and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then you know that person's not meant for you. Absolutely. And it might – I think also often we put the the blame for, like, conversations going wrong or being awkward on ourselves. But, like – these people that you put on the pedestal that are they're seemingly perfect, culpable. they're just as awkward as you are, yes. right? Like, they're just as bad at making small talk. I know. They are just as clumsy as you are. They forgot to shave part of their face yesterday, and they have, like, weird hairs on their face. Right. Like, they are not perfect. And so the idea that you need to come in and have this amazing conversation with them and that if it doesn't go perfectly, it's your fault is absolutely not true. I think that's so good. I I think back to my friend and I think like so often I just felt I I wasn't good enough. I wasn't cool enough. I made it awkward, you know, like I made this car ride quiet or whatever. And then I look back to my younger self and I think like he was there too. (laughs) Like he... He had a hand in this. Like, right. he he had an active role in what made you uncompatible. Absolutely. And maybe it's not that you are doing something <laughs> something wrong, but it's just that you are incompatible. Right. Like, there's a, you're uncomfortable not because you're awkward and he's perfect, but you're uncomfortable because, like, you're just not matching. Do you have any advice for, like, maybe this person on the pedestal is awesome and funny and cool and yeah. awkward and chill and everything that we want, right? Like maybe <laughs> maybe the pedestal is real, right? right? It's valid or justified. Do you have any advice about just like boosting confidence? Yeah. Um, I will talk to myself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Just like you got this. Not anything like big or like you're the smartest, you're the, f-, but just like, like, look yourself in the eye and be like, you got this. Yeah. Um, asking your friends to do the same thing for you is totally. also super helpful. Like, oh, I'm going to get coffee with Greg. Me up. Yeah. yeah. Tell me that I can do this. And then, first of all, I'd be like, Greg's a punk ass bitch. <laughs> you be like, kidding. you're too good for Greg. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Greg would be, ha- should be happy to even <laughs> breathe the same air as you. Yep. Um, also, I'm going to be totally honest. I, Think of conversation starters when I'm going to, like, meet with someone totally. who I don't really know. Totally. Like, what are the things that we have in common and what questions can I ask? I think that's a great I, – I think that's great. Um, because, again, we often think that romance, like, or romantic things or matters of the heart, just, oh, my God, I just totally clicked. Or this is this will all make sense if my heart wants it to make sense. That's bullshit. No, it's not. It's so bullshit. <laughs> and it's 
never going to work out that way. And if you want to pursue somebody who you're super attracted to, but who makes you nervous, you have to do some internal head and heart work to make yourself not nervous. Absolutely. Period. Yep. And you can do that. You can do that through conversation stuff. Because you're a badass bitch. Right. Go through his Instagram and like find out about things that he likes and you can talk to them. Also, but like talk about things that you like too. Yeah. But like finding a way to have a a point of commonality is like how you get to know people. And the last thing I'm going to say is laugh at your awkwardness. Yeah. Like laugh at it. It's it honestly the confidence that's exude from self-awareness, like being like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I tr- tripped. <laughs> Somebody should mark that or yep. or like, uh, I, I don't know, like recognize who you are and that that person is dope and attractive and funny and worth being around. Yep. And and a human. You're just a human. You're just two humans that are stumbling along this weird path that is the world. And maybe if you're lucky, you'll both trip and fall into bed together and have beautiful, magical sex. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But it'll take some work, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. This metaphor got out of control. (laughs) I'm just going with it, man. I'm just going with it. Um, Um, Awkward in love, we believe in you. you. Yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, we are your mirror, and we're here to say you got this. You got this. You can do it. But also, like, you could, like... You could not do it, too, if you don't want to. That's also fine, too. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for writing. All right. Our last letter comes from Rachel, who is writing from England. Oh, my God. We've just said everything <laughs> so weird today. Um, And so I'm going to summarize a little bit because it is pretty lengthy. Okay. But um, the summary is that uh, Rachel was with a girl in high school okay. for two years. Okay. And then uh, they graduated from high school and Rachel ended up, m- was moving away for university. Okay. And they agreed to stay together until Rachel moved. Okay. And then they broke up after? Yes. Okay. So I'm picking it up uh, right after they agreed to stay together until Rachel moved. Okay. Yep. Things got tricky. In the past year, she has gone from being one of my best friends to barely speaking to me. Wait, wait. Are they together? I guess not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Your summary. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're not together at this point. Okay. Um, in the past year, she has gone from being one of my best friends to barely speaking to me. We have both said things that we regret and have had to take time away from each other. Communicating almost entirely over text isn't easy for complicated situations. Mm-hmm. And that was what we were now in. When I would come home for breaks, we would fall too easily into our old habits. And I thought on more than one occasion, we might end up back together. But when I would go back to university, it would always end up with us fighting. She remained a lot closer to a lot of our friends as she was in the same state as them, and I feel I have been blamed for a lot of what has happened due to that. We ended up cutting off communication in June as we felt it would be easier for both of us and have barely spoken since. I still care about her deeply. She was my first love and always will have a special place in my heart. I have accepted a part of me will always be just a little bit in love with her. However, on the anniversary of our breakup, a date that I didn't remember and didn't think she would either, she reposted a song on Tumblr with the caption, One Year, which essentially said she hoped that what we had really wasn't love because of how toxic it was. Uh, The song is You by Dodie, if you're curious. I know she doesn't think I have been checking her social media as she changed the URL and never intended me to see it, but I did anyways. I like being able to know she's okay because she still means so much to me, but I am at a loss. Uh, this completely changes the way I thought she viewed our love and makes me feel like an idiot for still believing that for the most part, it was something very good and true. I haven't said anything to her, but it stuck with me. My friends here at school didn't know her when things or didn't 
My friends here at school didn't know her when things were good and don't like her for how she has treated me over the past year, so they don't understand that I still care for her and it feels like my heart is breaking again. My friends back home are incredibly close to her and aren't willing to talk about the breakup, especially as we have drifted apart over the last year. I suspect in large part due to how things have gone with my ex. I just don't know what to do. Is it possible for us to have had a good, healthy love, even if she claims otherwise now? She was the first one to say, I love you, and the one who wanted to stay together longer, so it feels like it is coming out of nowhere. I know it has been over a year, and I should be over it, but this revelation has backtracked a lot of progress I had made. Have I been the bad guy in this relationship all along without even realizing it? Mm. Um, I think this is a really great letter, and I'm going to start by saying it is possible— for two people to have totally different understandings and views of their relationship and having both of those views be true to themselves. Yep. Um, unfortunately, one, we can't control people. Mm-hmm. We just can't control them. We can't control how they process things around them or how they remember you, how they love you. And that's hard. I mean, I mean, that's a big struggle in any relationship is that as much as we love someone and we don't actually want to control them, we want to have some sort of um, ability to impact how they feel about us, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it prob- I know the hurt that you're experiencing right now. It must suck to to feel like you were the bad guy, to, to realize someone that you love and carry in such a tender way doesn't yep. carry you in the same way. Absolutely. But I think the biggest thing I want to say and validate is that her pain in the breakup, you guys broke up and there was some pain and some words exchanged and whatever her her pain might paint the experiences she had with you yeah um differently than how you have them yep um and neither is more correct than the other yep. i mean we can get down to like facts or whatever but that's not that's not where relationships live relationships live in emotional memories yep and because she might feel rejected by you, she might have put herself, you know, she said, I love you first. So maybe she feels like she put herself out there and now you guys aren't together. Yep. A, a myriad of things. But she might feel her hurt might make her feel resentful or might change the way she remembers you because now now it hurts to remember you. Absolutely. I think um, that people handle breakups differently and sometimes people need to. Um, only look at the negative in order to move on. I am totally that person. I am also that person. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad. I'm 100% that person. It, it, I, it's too painful for me to have, to do what we tell everyone to do, <laughs> which is like, be happy that it, you know, existed or whatever. Yep. I have to um, project the worst in order to comfort myself. Absolutely. And so that might be something that she is doing right now, but that doesn't mean that you um, did anything wrong, right? It might be that she needs to say this was toxic because it hurts too much to think that it could have been something good right? and that it wasn't. Yeah. And you two are learning to love people by loving each other. Absolutely. And so maybe she's learning a different lesson than you are. Absolutely. Um, But it doesn't make... Whether words were exchanged, whether you guys were great to each other or not, it doesn't make your love any less valid or mm-hmm. good when it was good. Yep. Um, but truly, I, I I think 
that she's doing what I would do, which is, I mean, she's obviously still, still hurting. She's processing what what went wrong in the relationship, and she's carrying it in a way that you are not carrying it. And yep. she's carrying it, not not only that, she's carrying it in a way that you can't touch or control or change. Yep. And that's difficult. I mean, all yep. I want is for people who I love to, to love me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. It's hard. I made a joke out of it, but it's it's a difficult experience, experience and a feeling to to that someone doesn't love you in the way that you or hold you in the way that you hold them with tenderness. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I also think there is no good guy or bad guy in relationships. Right. Uh, that there's a sort of a multitude of different people uh, that exist within relationships, and right. so. There may be some things that you where you were at fault, and there may be some things where she was at fault. Um, but I want to sort of move away that you from the idea that you were the person that was creating this toxicity that she was experiencing. Right. And well, I will also say that um, sometimes the toxicity out of relationships is more about our reaction to people than it is about the person themselves. So right. it could be that she was pining for you throughout that whole year. And she felt yeah. And she was she was. Uh, Wasting time and space on you when she could have been doing other things, right? right? And that's and so, how she holds it in her heart. And that's right how now. she holds it in her heart. And so it wasn't necessarily the toxicity of your relationship, more her own toxicity around her feelings for you and the way that she was handling it. Right. So you, I, what I'm trying to say is that you are not inherently culpable for the toxicity in the relationship. Right. Right. It's not all on you. Right. Um, and the fact that she holds it. As or she remembers it as being toxic doesn't mean that you are a toxic person. It right. means that for her, that love wasn't good. Right. Because you're learning how to love right now in this moment. Absolutely. She learned different lessons than you did, even though you were both there. Yep. And you both did the best that you could at the time. Yep. I want to talk a little bit about moving forward. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a little bit of tough love. Um. Stop looking at her Tumblr. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Stop looking at her Tumblr because that's not how you love her. Yep. That's you don't have to take care of her anymore. You don't have to check in on her. You can she can just be your first love. Yep. And don't get me wrong, my first love had a really important place in my heart for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I felt like once I felt like once I fully severed that person from my life, the specialness would be gone. Mm-hmm. But it's not true. You can move on gracefully from your first love and still honor the first love that they were. Absolutely. But right now, you're not doing either of you any ser- like no. service or favor yep. by feeling like you need to check in on her. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you're keeping your... Every time you check up on her, you're like paying the rent for her place in your heart. Like mm, you're yeah. continuing to pay that bill, right? And, and and instead, you could be creating space for someone new, right? For the the inner growth for yourself, your head and heart work to move on to to be to, to become a more well rounded version of yourself, um, and to potentially meet someone new, right? Um, yeah, I would recommend. The old block, 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 yeah. block, 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 <laughs> and not and and I want why I want to. It's a little bit of tough love, but it's it comes with a lot of tenderness. That I know you love her, 
and that you want to make sure she's okay. And you also like nobody wants to let go of hope. You know, like if she's in your life, there's still a chance. But right now, what's most important is not how she's carrying you, but how you are loving yourself and loving the people around you in your immediate life. Absolutely. And so let her be in the past for the for a while. Yep. Cut that tie. Sever that artery. (laughs) Whoa. I know. I just went there. <laughs> this is why I can't freestyle. People have been like, yo, can you freestyle in this cipher? And I'm like, uh, nope. <laughs> um, and th- one more thing I want to say, because you brought up your friends, new and old, a couple times. Mm-hmm. It does suck, but but your your friends, some of your friends might blame you. Yep. Some of your friends might not. And but I, what I want to say is that probably most of them don't truly care. If you're a good enough friend, <laughs> yeah. if you guys have a good enough relationship, then they don't care. And if they do care, then they're they're worth moving past or having a true, honest, transfer, transparent conversation with them to be yep. like, hey, I feel like this, my breakup with someone else is affecting our friendship. And I want to be able to move forward into this next year with a healthy relationship with you because you matter. Absolutely. Um, but- Friends are a, a collateral damage sometimes. Absolutely. And friendships change and evolve too. Right. So, you know, if if they want to be closer to your ex, you know, I think that's just part, part of, of the life. way that life works sometimes. Yeah. And doesn't make it any less difficult to to deal with. But, you know, again, your purpose in life is to to find happiness. And so right. if, if those friends aren't bringing you joy, um, then focus on the ones that are because uh, – Healthy relationships are not just about partnerships, right? They're also about friendships, and um, and there's an opportunity here, I think, to to bolster some of those friendships that are that are actually helping you stay healthy. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I just believe. I not only believe that the love in the past was whatever you it was to you. Mm. Period. I also believe so strongly in your future. Yeah. I think that your all answers lie ahead, my yep. darling. Yep. And that you have an endless amount of possibilities in front of you. And you can look back into the past and and reorganize or recategorize that love and as much as you want. But the answers, the future is all ahead of you. Yep. We love you. Thanks for writing. All right. So every episode, we shout out something that we want to send you home with. We call it our blind date. This week, we want to set you up with? I want to set you up with the book called The Five Love Languages. We've talked about love languages (laughs) continually for the past 27 episodes. (laughs) We've we've probably talked about love languages at least once every episode. Yeah. And I feel like I I was so surprised when I realized we had never actually suggested the actual book. So, um... For anybody who doesn't know love languages, it's basically the concept that we all communicate our love in different ways. Um, this author has categorized them into five primary ways we show our love through um, words of affirmation, touch, gift giving, quality time, and acts of service. And he argues that just like any other language barrier, when you are communicating your love in in a language that your partner doesn't speak, it's really hard for them to feel loved by you. Like if Sam, if love languages was not my, uh, if gift giving was not my love language and Sam bought me a gift, I wouldn't feel loved by that. Right. 
or I would have to learn how to interpret his gift giving as a form of love. Yep. Um, it's a su- the, So the book is that I'm suggesting is called The Five Love Languages, and it's written by Gary Chapman. I'll post it on our Instagram. Um, but this book actually is meant for couples to read together, but I would suggest it to anyone because mm-hmm. it, it helps you understand your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with your partners, and your potential partners because it it truly gets to the point of how you learned how to give and receive love as a child and how that now manifests as an adult. I this is one of my st- most strongly suggested blind dates I've ever done <laughs> because it brought a lot of healing and empowerment to my relationships in the past. Awesome. Yeah, so that's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I love it. All right, that wraps up the episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit all your questions about matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is where you can also find our merchandise. Absolutely. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. You can also support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash JustBreakUpPod. For just if, $5 a month. Just $5 a month, you get an additional episode uh, which is us Every mostly week. just shooting the shit. So <laughs> Every week a new episode, um, and uh, they're just, like, more intimate, and they're just, like, <laughs> you know, like, we just, like, really, we, like, unbuckle our pants. <laughs> you know, like, when, you, when you're, like, really getting comfortable with someone, you're like, ah, yeah. oh, damn, these pants are really tight. Which That's- you did in the second episode of this podcast, so you feel very comfortable with all of our listeners already. Immediately. <laughs> um, Yes, please support us in those ways, and uh, this really helps us keep the lights on, and uh, it helps us reach more broken-hearted souls who need relationship advice from two strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Original music recording and editing by our friend Big Cats, who is amazing. Please check out his podcast, The What If Podcast, and remember, right now, in this moment, it doesn't matter how old you are, you don't have to have your whole life figured out. You're not doing anything wrong if you don't know what's next. It's okay to be alone. It's okay to not have your dream job right now. It's okay to not know where you're going to end up in a year. Everything will unfold as it's meant to unfold. Most importantly, it's it's okay to put your own happiness first. And you don't have to be in a relationship, be in a job, be in a state that you don't want to be in that makes you unhappy. All of this will pass. And... What's the line? If all all else fails. (laughs) Just break up. (laughs) 